The following podcast contains audio extracted from videos on the Mythology Explained YouTube channel. Please note that there are two narrators for this podcast, myself, Silas, and Zach. Please enjoy. Hey everyone, welcome to Mythology Explained. In today's video, we are going to discuss Leviathan, the biblical sea monster. A monster so infamous that his very name has become a byword for sea monsters in general. Depending on the source, it is either a large sea animal, a sea monster, an archdemon, another name for Satan, or a wellspring of power that can be tapped into by those with arcane knowledge or unorthodox religious beliefs. We are going to begin with the book of Job, which is where most of the biblical information about Leviathan comes from. Next, we'll take a look at how he factors into demonology. Following that, we are going to explore the Enuma Elish, the Babylonian creation myth. It features a monstrous goddess named Tiamat who is thought by some to perhaps be an antecedent that influenced the inclusion of Leviathan in Jewish scripture and, thus, Christian scripture. Let's get into it. Most of the biblical information about Leviathan comes from the book of Job, from chapter 41. In it, he's described as a giant sea monster, invincible scales armoring his body, fire erupting from his mouth, and smoke billowing from his nostrils. Mortal weapons are useless against him, and such is his strength that to him steel is like straw and brass like rotten wood. To see him is to have the frozen fist of fear grasp one's heart, and not even the bravest can stand before him. Here's the passage that elaborates further. His teeth are terrible, his scales are his pride, shut up together as with a close seal. One is so near to another that no air can come between them. They are joined one to another, they stick together, and they cannot be sundered. By his sneezing a light doth shine, and his eyes are like the eyelids of the morning. Out of his mouth go burning lamps, and sparks of fire leap out. Out of his nostrils goeth smoke, as out of a seething pot or cauldron. His breath kindleth coals, and a flame goeth out of his mouth. His heart is as firm as stone, yea, as hard as a piece of the nether millstone. When he raiseth up himself, the mighty are afraid. The sword of him that layeth at him cannot hold, the spear, the dart, nor the harbourgeon. What is known about Leviathan is largely revealed because of the suffering of Job, a once prosperous man a man who had the world by the tail, so to speak. Through this we also learn about Satan's original role, which was, as sanctioned by God, to test humanity. Subjecting people to hardship to see if they were truly faithful and not just superficially faithful because life was going their way. One day while court was being held in heaven, Satan, a truncated version of Ha-Satan, meaning the adversary, challenged God, proposing a sort of bet asserting that Job was only faithful because of his prosperity, and that he would curse God once his life was destroyed. God accepted, and Satan promptly descended, proceeding to wreak havoc. After Job loses everything, enduring every predation and misfortune imaginable, he finally reaches his breaking point, not renouncing God, but demanding that God come and explain himself in person. God presents himself in the form of a storm cloud, and then takes Job on a virtual tour of the universe, showing him the infinite size and complexity of creation, punctuating the tour with a quick look at Leviathan and Behemoth, 
respectively, a giant creature who swims the sea and a giant creature who roams the land. God shows Job Leviathan as part of his response to Job's indignation and many complaints about the nature of suffering and justice in the world. God uses the description of Leviathan to remind Job of the vastness of creation, to demonstrate his own power and might, and to help Job understand his own place in the universe. Leviathan is described as a massive sea creature with immense power, and God uses this description to emphasize his own sovereignty over all of creation. By showing Job the immense size and power of Leviathan, God reminds him that there are things in the universe that he cannot control or understand, and that his place in the world is ultimately subject to God's will. God's description of Leviathan is also meant to inspire awe and wonder in Job. By showing him this incredible creature, God helps Job to gain a deeper appreciation for the complexity and beauty of the world around him. In this way, the description of Leviathan ultimately broadens Job's perspective and helps him to see his own suffering in a larger context. Changing our focus from the book of Job to demonology, Leviathan is often associated with Satan and the forces of evil. It is sometimes considered one of the seven princes of hell, each of the seven representing one of the seven deadly sins. In this context, Leviathan is linked to the sin of envy. This interpretation is based on the idea that Leviathan, like Satan, is a powerful and rebellious entity that seeks to overthrow the divine order and sow chaos and destruction. Some Christian scholars have also identified Leviathan with the apocalyptic beast of Revelation, a monstrous figure that will rise from the sea to wage war against God and his followers during the apocalypse. In De Culta Philosophia, Leviathan and Behemoth fill the scale of binary as the two chiefs of the devil. In Michaelis's classification of demons, Leviathan is said, before his fall from heaven, to have numbered among the seraphim, the foremost order of angels, the angels closest to God's throne, and that he tempts people into heresy and is the particular enemy of St. Peter. And in the book of Abramelin, Leviathan, along with Lucifer, Satan, and Belial, is listed as one of the four chief demonic princes of hell. As well, Leviathan features prominently in the Satanic Bible, which was written in 1969 by Anton LaVey, the founder of the Satanic Church. In the broader realm of the occult, Leviathan is often viewed as a symbol of primal wisdom and hidden knowledge that can be accessed by those who dare to venture into the unknown depths of the supernatural. Many practitioners of the occult consider Leviathan to be a powerful and ancient entity that can be invoked or summoned for various purposes, including gaining knowledge, power, or control over the chaotic forces of nature. Some occultists view Leviathan as a symbol of individualism, freedom, and rebellion against the constraints of conventional religious dogma. For these individuals, Leviathan serves as a reminder of the inherent power and potential within each person to challenge the status quo and forge their own unique path. Now shifting our attention to Leviathan's origin, some scholars believe that Tiamat, the personification of the ocean in Babylonian mythology, may have influenced the development of the concept of Leviathan. There are several similarities between the two creatures, such as their association with the sea and their depiction as powerful and dangerous monsters. Additionally, some scholars have noted that the description of Leviathan in the Hebrew Bible shares some features with the description of Tiamat in the Enuma Elish, the Babylonian creation myth, such as their association with serpents or dragons and their fiery breath. 
Essentially, the Enuma Elish recounts the struggle between an older and a younger generation of gods, ultimately resulting in the creation of the world. In the beginning, there was only a boundless body of water, a swirling corpus of chaos. At some point, there was a divide, and two entities emerged, Apsu, the god of fresh water, sweet and life-giving, and Tiamat, the goddess of salt water, unpalatable and unable to slake thirst. Both of them came together and produced a generation of younger gods. These younger gods were a boisterous bunch, so much so that Apsu couldn't sleep at night and couldn't work during the day. The incessant din made by his children disturbed him to no end, so, heeding the advice of his vizier, he resolved to kill them. This, of course, didn't sit well with Tiamat, the mother of the younger gods, so she warned her children, not knowing that this was the equivalent of signing her husband's death warrant. The warning precipitated a radical response. Enki, the eldest of the younger gods, put Apsu to sleep and killed him, replacing one enemy with another. For the death of Apsu enraged Tiamat, creating eleven chaos monsters to rage war against the younger gods and destroy them. At first, the younger gods couldn't withstand Tiamat and her brood of monsters, but then a champion named Marduk rose up. He split Tiamat with an arrow. The two halves of her body were used to create the heavens and the earth, and her eyes were the wellspring from which the Tigris and Euphrates rivers flowed. Here's the passage from the Enuma Elish that describes Tiamat. Out of the deep was she Tiamat created, and from her came forth the viscous Apsu. Her body was the habitat of the great gods, but they were troubled by the tumult of her waves. Behold, she was mighty, invincible, and her devising was incomprehensible. The monsters she brought forth bore each other. With grinding teeth she has devoured their flesh. Her lips were violet, her body was covered with terror, and she bore a mantle of fear. Terrible serpents she had for a girdle, and down from her body hanging there was a lion. Fierce was her maw, swift her rage, and her claws were long and sharp as knives. With fire she filled their bodies, she made them writhe in anguish. She roared and barked like a beast, and over them she set up a howling. And that's it for this video. If you enjoy the content, please like and subscribe. Thanks for watching.